0: God, we thank you for your promise that we can, we can pray to you, we can sing to you, we can worship you, and God, you hear our voice, you hear our prayers, and God, you're moved by them. And God, this morning, we, we sing to you again, we lift our voice, we lift our hearts, we lift our worship to you, God, because you are all deserving of every bit of praise we could ever give you. And God, we join with the angels and we sing and we worship. And God, we thank you that you're here with us. God, you unite us across wherever we are this morning. And God, we pray that you would help us to know and feel your presence this morning. Help us to be united in our praise to you this morning. We thank you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, well please grab a seat for those in the room and I'm sure if you're at home you've already found your your comfy seat that you enjoy church in and um, sorry probably the the chairs here in the building aren't quite as comfy as the setup you got at home Um, but maybe one day, who knows. Good morning to everyone, it's great to have you with us um, wherever you are, whenever you are, Um, hello to those in the future. That are watching this um, sometime later on um, welcome to you as well it's great to have you um, say hi if you haven't already say hi in the chat say g'day put a wave put a emoji um, try to describe your week here's a challenge for you those that are watching live on the, in the chat try in the chat just type an emoji if you can figure out how to do that uh, and describe your week in one emoji Just one. You've only got one emoji. You've got to try to pick one emoji that encompasses your week um, or your feeling at the moment. Um, And be honest, I mean, you know, um, that'll be fun. Play an emoji game while I'm chatting. Um, While you're listening to me and while you're trying to figure out how to put an emoji in the chat, you can also grab your phones and um, check in online, check in using the Church Centre app. On the Church Centre app, you can also see um, our small groups. You can see any events that are coming up, um, any... Um, what else can you find there? You can find everything from the website. Um, everything you need to know is uh, on the Church Centre app. You would have also got a newsletter, hopefully, in your email inbox through the week. Um, and if you didn't, say good day in the chat, let us know and um, we can get you a newsletter. Thank you, Brock. Look at our crew here, multitasking. Um, Also, we started this week, uh, we had a few people on our Wednesday lunch breaks um, at 12 o'clock on Wednesday. Uh, We are having a Zoom, and everyone's welcome, and we're going to do a short devotion and a prayer time, and there's a link in the emails. I think there's a link in the Church Centre app on the, under the events. You can find it there. It's the same link every week. Once you've got it once, you're set. And um, join us from 12 to 20 past 12. We're keeping it nice and short and sharp. Um, I began looking in the in the book of Joel, and I'm going to um, look again in Joel, uh, maybe for the next couple of weeks as well, and, and just look at some of the things around um, how God brings revival uh, in certain places. And it's I think it's really cool anyway. Um, so jump on there if you're interested in doing that. Um, and just like the song we just sang, you know, when people pray and when um, people fall on their knees and when people call out to God, things happen, and, and that's really what um, those Wednesday lunch times are about. They're about coming together in prayer and really believing that God is going to bring uh, revival in this town and our families, in our church, um, and seeing Him move, and it starts with prayer. And so I want to encourage you to, to join in whenever and wherever you come from, um, you can you can. I can hear my voice echoing. Someone's watching the live stream in the building. That's really cool. Um, and you can yeah, you can join in from wherever you are if you're at work. And even if you don't want to turn your video and your sound on, you just want to sort of participate and watch you on in, feel free. Like We won't be offended at all. It's great. Um, cool. So that's Wednesday lunch breaks. That's going to be great. What else have we got? I think that's all I've got for the announcements. Um, the only other thing is with all the the changes coming up and I believe today there's going to be a bit of an announcement from the government in terms of the the times and the dates that um, we take our next steps in in the roadmap, and uh, and we're still a little unclear as to what that means for us at church uh, we're sort of learning um, sort of last minute what things are changing and so um, please bear with us give us some grace in um, trying to work out the details of it. And we're doing our best to follow the, the rules. Um, but as you probably know, the, the rules uh, are sometimes hard to interpret and sometimes hard to understand, and even more so for, um, for churches and gatherings like this. Um, so we're doing our best um, to, to work it out, to give options, um, especially when it comes to the, the vaccines and the mandates and, and all the, the things in there. There's a lot of uh, strong feelings... Um, even amongst the church, I know that we've had a lot of conversations this week with a lot of people, uh, and there's, I mean, there's a lot of uh, strong feelings about this, and, and people uh, need our prayer. We need to be praying as a church for each other, um, and I just want to encourage you: no, no matter what you feel towards the current situation, um, to continue to pray for us as a church to to stay united um, together because these things the enemy would love to divide us on. I mean, his intention is very clear. He's is to, to steal, kill, and to destroy. He he wants to create division in God's church, and he'll use any means, and he'll definitely capitalize on this situation right now, but we as Christians need to stand up and pray. We need to pray for each other, and we need to stay united around the gospel, uh, and then we're gonna have different opinions around all these sorts of rules and things, and how, even as we as a church may, may handle some of these interpretations, um, there's going to be op- opportunity to be divided on it and i just encourage you um, that to stay united because what we agree on is the main thing and that's what counts for eternity and um it's so important that we yeah just keep praying for each other because some of us are, are managing pretty well through this time and we're agreeing with what's happening and um can get on board and some of us uh, are not uh, not agreeing as as well and and there's no right or wrong, it's just, we just need to stay together, we need to keep praying for each other. And in fact, I want to um, sort of tie that into communion this morning, and I should have said that right at the start, sorry. Quickly run to your kitchen, grab your communion, grab a loaf of bread, grab the bottle of juice and bring it back to the couch, um, and we're going to take communion in a moment. Um, but. You know, the in Luke 22, where Jesus is sitting down with his disciples, and it's sort of like the, the Last Supper, and he's explaining sort of uh, what's happening and what's going to happen. He, and he begins to talk about someone's going to betray me, and then the disciples get into this sort of um, debate about who's going to be uh, the one who betrays Jesus, and then they go um, the the sort of the argument carries on from there into who's going to be the greatest. Uh, and who's who's going to sit at where, and, and who's going to do what, and Jesus, um, and I think it's fair enough, because if you think about that moment that the disciples are finding themselves in uh, at that Last Supper, there's really a, a huge unknown just put before them by Jesus. He's been leading up to this moment of this this moment where he's going to lay his life down, where he's going to be crucified where he's going to save their from their sins and for us it's it's very clear and obvious about you know what's going to happen but in their minds and in their life it would have been so unclear it would have been so unknown as to what does this look like what does this mean what do you mean by these things that you're saying jesus and and i think sometimes when there's a, an unknown in front of us it can cause us to react in different ways and it can cause us to to maybe get emotional or maybe get, um, maybe talk to people in a way that we wouldn't normally talk to and, and get upset about things we wouldn't normally get upset about. And, um, and I think Jesus reminds them through that conversation that he has for them that really he is the one who is serving them, he is the one who is laying his life down for them. And, and he sort of um, dismantles their argument about who's the greatest by reminding them about what he is doing and that he's um, laying his life down. And he prays this prayer in, in in a different stage in John 17. I just want to read these three verses to you. He says, I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their word. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me, so they may be made completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and loved them as you have loved me. Jesus' prayer and desire for us, as his body, is to be one. We're different, but we are one. And I want to encourage you that as we take communion this morning, as we have this moment together, to remember who served us, to remember who laid their life down for us, when we didn't deserve it. We got life and we got the fullness of the life that Jesus bought for us. And we come together at the communion table, remembering that we don't deserve the love that Jesus gave, that we don't deserve the love and the grace that he extends towards us. None of us do. We are all in the same place before Christ. We are hopeless without what he has done. And we need to remember this as we face a future of uncertainty even as we face the next weeks and months ahead, we need to remember that we are together as Christians. We are together in what Jesus has done for us. None of us is better than somebody else. We are all in the same position. Jesus laid his life down for us. And together, through the communion and through um, this moment, we can remember that, that he is the king. He is the one that we serve. He is the one that He laid his life down for us. And we get to follow in his footsteps. We get to follow in his footsteps of a life of humility, a life of laying our life down for each other, a life of loving each other and extending grace to each other. And so as the, as the team brings us this next song, um, I'm going to encourage you to take communion in your own time. The, the juice or whatever drink you have represents the blood of Jesus, that he died for us, that he gave us forgiveness of sins. And the bread represents, or the the biscuit or whatever you've got at home, represents the body which is broken. And so I want to encourage you, um, as we take communion, to to remember Jesus and remember that we are taking this together in this moment as one body. You might be in a a room by yourself, but know that there are hundreds of people across sale in the region right now taking this together in this moment. Lord God, we thank you for your grace towards us. God, we thank you that you loved us even when we lose our focus, even when we get distracted by the things of of this world and the things that are that are temporary. God, you love us. And God, even when we face an uncertain future, God, we know that you are already there. God, you know the future. You hold it in your hand. God, you know our future. And God, we can trust you. We can follow you. We can continue to live a life of humility and laying our life down for each other because you first did it for us. And so God, I pray for us as a church this morning, for anyone that is feeling like they need a a reminder of the love and the grace that you have for them, that's lost sight of what's most important, God, I pray you to remind us all of that as we take communion this morning. God, we love you. And God, we love that you gave your life for us. And we worship you for that this morning. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Join us in taking communion through this next song. lord god we thank you that you reign god you sit on the throne god you are sovereign over all creation god nothing escapes your attention and god we just pray that we would remember today that you sit on the throne and that you have nothing but love for your creation you have nothing but love for us god we can trust you in uncertain times we can trust you in certain times God you are always the same always faithful always trustworthy and Holy Spirit we invite you in into this moment and we ask that you would lead us remind us of your truth calm our anxious mind give us your peace we pray this in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Awesome. Very cool. Thank you, worship team. Very, very cool. All right. We are in week two of a series we began last week, Winning the War in Your Mind. And um, I know that it's probably a a good time to be talking about all this sort of stuff. Um, There's a, a lot of at least, I don't know in your mind how it's going, but I know there's lots of um, negative thoughts and anxious thoughts and worrying thoughts that that pop up um, depending on what's happening and in the world around us. And I think as Christians, it's a, uh, so important that we talk about this because the Bible is um, it speaks it speaks of this a bit. So last week, if you missed the message, I forgive you. No, I'm just joking. I'll give you a quick recap. Um, no. I, I shouldn't joke, should I? I always make bad jokes, that's why. Um, We talked about this idea that our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What comes into our mind comes out in our life. And we talked about this idea that you can't have a positive life with a negative mind. And that's why every thought matters. It's why we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And we use this scripture in 2 Corinthians 10... Verses 3 to 5, it says, For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Every thought captive to obey Christ. And it's important to do this because... um, science has now discovered these neural pathways in our brains, which mean that the more you think a thought, the easier it is to think it again. It's like a, a groove or a rut that you forge in your, in your brain, and so it's easy to think that thought again. And so if we're thinking a, a thought that is not in line with the truth of God's Word, uh, it's important that we take that captive and make it obedient to Christ and forge a new pathway. And to begin with, it's going to be hard to get out of that rut and get into a new one. But over time, that new pathway is going to get stronger and stronger. It's going to be easier and easier to travel. Uh, and we talked about these two big ideas that to identify the biggest stronghold holding you back, that, that negative right, um, lie of the enemy that holds us back and name the truth, the new pathway that sets us free, that demolishes that stronghold. This morning I want to um, share a verse and then talk about a few things which I think are Are going to be really great for us in romans 12 verse 2 this is a a well-known verse you would have heard this plenty of times before which says do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind by testing that by testing you may discern what is the will of god what is good and acceptable and perfect be transformed by the renewal of your mind lord god we thank you for your truth this morning for your word We thank you that it is able to change us, it is alive, it is active, it breathes life into our very bones. And God, we pray this morning that we might know your voice, we might hear it, and you might change us because of it. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if you ever have like irrational thoughts or irrational decisions in your life where you might... um, you might tell yourself, I don't want to be someone who's angry. I want, to, I want to be a kind person and then you find yourself yelling. Or um, you want to be someone that, that saves your money but you find yourself spending your money instead of saving it. Or you might be someone that says, I, want to, I really want to trust God but instead you worry. Or this one maybe is a little bit too close to home. You want to get fit and healthy but instead you sit on the couch and eat chocolate um, why is it that we do these sorts of things why is it that in our like when we think about it we we want to be someone or we want to do something but then we find ourselves doing the opposite of what we want to do and i think it comes back to this idea of these these pathways that we travel in and in some ways we've got our wires crossed we've got these we haven't put the, the things together and so our brain doesn't travel the path it should and instead travels a different path Babies learn this idea of like what roads to travel in their brains quite early. You know, we've got little Eden who's, what is she, two months tomorrow. Uh, that's gone fast. And she's learning what is like a good thing and what's a not good thing. Um, she, she loves at the moment, I mean, what can a two-month-old really love? But she, what she does love at the moment is when you whistle to her, it just, her face lights up. And so our face lights up and so she is putting that, together that a whistle is good, That is a good sound because it makes me happy, it makes mum and dad happy um, when I smile they smile when they smile I smile and so she's learning that, that pathway when she gets a little bit older um, she'll learn that if something is hot to touch and she touches it, she won't touch it again and her brain will create that pathway in her, in her mind of that's bad, I'm not going to do that um, or she, she hasn't really learnt this yet, but probably the way we're going, she will learn this, that when she cries, she gets the dummy. Um, and so she can learn, well, if I want that, that dummy, then I will just cry because I know that that's how I get it. Um, and so she'll learn the pathway of that. If I do this action, I get this result. But when our minds aren't wired right, we don't necessarily live how we want. And I think this is the idea that I want to talk about this morning. It's this idea of training our minds, of getting them to work the way that God intended them to work so we can reach our potential. When we think about training or um, getting fit and healthy, I know that's, for some of us, we're just like, oh, I feel sick just thinking about it, but just bear with me. It's an analogy. We're not talking about that this morning, but... For the the sake of analogy, when we think about getting fit and healthy, maybe it's losing weight, um, getting fit, getting strong, getting healthy. It really helps us to reach our potential. You think about um, elite sports people um, who do this. Um, If they didn't train their bodies, if they didn't work out, if they didn't do these things, they wouldn't reach their potential. If they just relied on their abilities which they have natural abilities for sure, but if they didn't train, they wouldn't reach their full potential. They would only reach some of their potential. And so the idea of training our minds or training our bodies really helps us to become more effective in life. It helps us to become more efficient. Um, it helps us to become the people that God intends us to be, to reach our full potential. We get rid of the negative and we replace it with something better. I mean, I love sitting on the couch. I love watching Netflix. Um, we just watched I've, through this lockdown. I don't know how long it was, but through this lockdown, and through the um, eating getting up in the night, we've just watched the, the series of Friends. And I don't know if you've seen that, but I love watching that. And you might think, oh, Brad, that speaks so much of your intellect and lack of it. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, but too much of that, and I love eagle lollies, like if you give me natural confectionery snakes, I'll just, whew, they're gone in the moment they are open. Um, please don't give me any. Uh, too much of it is going to make me less, not more. Too much of that behaviour is not going to make me more of a person. It's, I mean, it might make me more of a physical person, but it's not going to make me more of a person. It's going to make me less. It's going to limit me, limit my potential, not release me. Occasionally through my life, I've gone to the gym. Um, I went through a, a period where I was into CrossFit, and you may remember from messages and preaching, oh, here was, here's another CrossFit analogy. I've sort of gone off that train a little bit, and um, I'm not on any tr- training program at the moment, and you might be able to tell, but um, sometimes I've gone to the gym. And when you do go to the gym, and when you, I, for those of you who have never been to the gym, this is sort of what happens, Um Hurts. You get really sore, but then you sort of feel good. Uh, sort of, and when I really mean sort of, you sort of feel good after a long time of doing it. Uh, but you still get sore. Um, anyway, it feels great. But occasionally, and I mean, this is just again maybe speaks to my intellect. Occasionally, um, if I know I'm going to the gym at, in in the afternoon at four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And sometimes I just get the, the three o'clock munchies. I just get so hungry. Um, and so I'll sneaky, I'll get a sneaky cheeseburger or um, something from McDonald's and then immediately regret that an hour later when I'm at the gym. Um, because it's all good and well to go to the gym and to work out and to, to train your body. But if that's just what you do, um, then you're not going to realise your potential. In fact, it's going to make it really hard to to do that training properly. You're not even gonna, one, you're not gonna get the benefits of the training, and two, you're not gonna be able to do the training properly. It's equally important what you feed your body as it is to training your body. Training is half output and half input. It's equally using your muscles over and over and making them stronger as it is feeding your muscles so they're able to repair themselves and get the nutrition and the protein that they need. And I think this is a really helpful way of thinking of renewal for our minds, of training for our, our minds. Training involves output and input. Output and input. Think of a renewal like this. Activity in your mind, forging these new pathways, thinking different thoughts and doing it often. And the more you think the thought, the easier it becomes and the more likely you are to think that thought again. The more you lift those weights in the gym, I mean, it's hard the first time, It's hard the second time, and even the 10th time, it's still hard. But apparently by the 100th or 200th time, it gets easier. It's the same with our, our brains and our thought patterns. When we think that thought and we remind ourselves and think it again the next day and the next day and the next day, it gets easier and easier. But renewal is also feeding our mind with the truth of God's word. To get your mind taking the right path regularly, you need to feed it regularly with the truth. Philippians 4 verse 8 says this, and we read this last week as well. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if, anything, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, Paul wrote this passage, Paul wrote Philippians, and he wrote this particular um, book while he was in prison. I mean, there would be a lot of things that I would write in a letter if I was in prison. I mean, you talk about government oppression, you talk about being not treated well. Um, Paul was someone who had every reason to be upset and to really speak his mind about what was going on and how he was being treated. But he didn't speak of those things. Instead, he said... Think of these things. Think of whatever is true, honourable. And before this, he's talking about rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And and I'd like to think of Paul, maybe not as as a gym junkie, but his mind, he was like a gym junkie. He was working that thing daily. He was feeding it daily. He was getting his kale and his beans and his broccoli, scoops of peanut butter, apparently it's good for you if you want to be bulking, I mean, it's just good anyway, but, but he was really into training his mind, the training involving output and input. He knew, and he didn't maybe know the science behind it, but he knew those neural pathways, and he was lifting heavy and fast. He was constantly doing those repetitions, smashing down his greens and his lean meats, protein shakes, the works. His mind was in optimal condition to be able to get through times like he faced. He continually renewed his mind by thinking of God's truth and hearing God's truth. It was working out and it was coming in. The New King James Version of Philippians 4, verse 8 says this He says, Finally, brethren, whatever, is, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate. On these things meditate on these things now meditate and meditation is sort of in christian circles become a little bit of a dirty word um, and we we sort of steer away from this idea of meditation as christians but really it is a, a godly thing to meditate and this is a definition a definition of, of meditation is to engage in mental exercise to focus one's thoughts And the Bible speaks lots of meditation. In Psalm 119, verse 15, it says, I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. Psalm 143, verse 5 says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all you have done. I reflect on the work of your hands. Sometimes when we think of meditation, we think of like sitting, I can't do it. I'm not flexible enough, but you sit cross-legged and put your hands like this. Um... I mean, that's what you see in the movies anyway. And even in, if you look up on Wikipedia what meditation is, um, it says this. It says meditation is a practice where an individual uses a technique such as mindfulness or focusing the mind on a particular object, thought or activity to train attention and awareness and achieve a mentally clear and emotionally calm and stable state. And in Eastern traditions, meditation is sort of goes down this pathway of emptying your mind of trying to get your mind completely clear to rid your mind of every thought and to to get to this place of where you've, you your brain has nothing in it and for some of us that's very easy to do i'm constantly in a state of meditation if that's the definition but that's the idea of meditation just to empty your mind and this is not necessarily a bad thing but this is not the bible's meaning when it comes to meditation When the Bible talks about meditation, it's not about emptying your mind, it's about filling your mind with the truth of God's word. It's filling your mind, it's fixing your mind on truth. Sure, empty it of lies, empty it of the things that are negative, but fill it with the truth of God's word. We all need to do this. We all need renewal, we all need transformation. And so when we think about this activity, this working out and working in, Here is a very simple activity that you can do to do this. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Meditate on the truth of God's word by writing the truth out. Think about it, confess it with your mouth until you believe it. This is not just things that you already agree with and things that are already working out in your life, but things where you're believing a lie or you're not seeing your life, um, the activity of your life line up with the truth of God's word to write the truth out, to think about it, confess it, until you believe it. And just like going to the gym, if you just do that once, I mean, it's not going to do much. You might, have, you might get sore afterwards, but it only happens, it only works when you... Do the reps, consistently, over and over. Continue to write it, continue to think it, continue to confess it until you believe it. Some examples of how this might work. Um, these are just a few. Maybe the lie or the stronghold is struggling to know God's will. And so you might write or think or confess this. My life belongs to God. Daily I seek him and daily he directs my steps. I know his voice and he leads me to his perfect will. Or maybe for you it's lacking confidence and so you might confess this, my confidence is in Christ and Christ alone because his spirit lives within me, I can do everything he calls me to do. Or maybe for you it's fighting lustful thoughts, I'm not a slave to lustful thoughts because God has purified my mind, I will honour him with my eyes and my thoughts. My God is faithful, even if I'm tempted, he will always give me a way out. Or maybe it's finding comfort in food. When I'm stressed, I turn to God, not food. I come to Jesus because He is what I need. In Him, I find strength and comfort. Or maybe it's battling worry. Because of Christ, I'm not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on God because He cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling my mind. And you could do this for any other thing, is to identify the stronghold and then name the truth that sets it free. It's to write it, Think it, confess it, until you believe it. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Transformed. This renewal, this mind activity, this idea of meditating on the truth of God's word, of renewing your mind, brings about transformation. You know this word transformation um, only appears four times in the New Testament. And two of them are in the Gospels and it's the same event just recorded in um, Matthew and Mark. And it talks about the transfiguration of Jesus. And in Matthew 17 verses 1 to 2 it says, After six days Jesus took with him Peter and James and John his brother and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured, that's the same word, transfigured before them his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light this is how his transformation happened he was he was changed into shining like the sun as white as light and i love this idea because to me it speaks to transformation is not just for us but it's for everyone around us this is bigger than just being a happier healthier version of yourself it's bigger than just being more fulfilled the transformation happens so the world might see the goodness of God, the glory of God worked out in your life. The other place that this word transformed happens is in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. And he says, when, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. From this comes, for this comes from the Lord, who is a Spirit. This transformation is not only for the world to see, but it's also the miracle of God in your life. This is when your mind and God's spirit are working together for your good and his glory. It's how he made us, it. literally how he wired our brains up. It's the chemicals in our brains and it's how God intended it to be. And transformation happens when we renew our minds, when we focus on the activity of our thoughts and when we feed it with the truth of God's word. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And if we don't control what we think, we'll never be able to control what we do. And so my encouragement, my challenge for you is to speak the truth over and over into your mind. Renew your mind by training it. Think about the output and the input, the activity of your mind and what you're feeding it. Because both of them working together are going to see the renewal change Change your brain, change your mind, and then bring about a transformation in your life. And it's going to be good for everyone around you. It's going to shine bright for everyone to see. And you might think, oh, I don't know if that's going to work in my life, Brad. I don't think I can see, I can't see that happening for me. I want you to hold on to that promise of 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. This comes from the Lord, who is a spirit. This is the miracle of God in your life. This is not because you just, it's not the power of positive thinking. God uses that in conjunction with his spirit to bring about a miracle. It is the miracle of God in your mind, this transformation that can take place. As you feed your mind with the truth of God's word, and as you form those new pathways in your brain and work them out, you will see this transformation take place. And we all need it. There is not one person who doesn't need this. We all need it. Let me pray for you. God, we thank you for your truth. And God, we thank you that you have given us the tools and, and all that we need to live the life that you've called us to live. And God, I pray for, for all of us that are facing different lies that the enemy throws at us. God, that we would be able to identify and and name that stronghold, that lie. And God, that you would point us to the the place in your word where you demolish that stronghold with the truth. God, would you help us to to feed our minds with the truth of your word? Would you help us to feed each other's mind with the truth of your word? Would you help us to echo your voice, not the voices of of this world? Echo your voice of truth to ourselves and to those around us. God, we thank you that you're always working in us and always working through us. And God, would you continue to work that miracle in us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us this morning or whenever you're watching this. Great to have you with us. Don't forget Wednesday at 12 to, to jump on Zoom and have a short devotion and prayer time with us. Um, and we'll hopefully be in touch this week with a little bit more detail of of what's happening um, at SBC in the next coming weeks. Have a great week. See you next Sunday.